The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Welcome to the world of your terrifying imagination. Consider, at one time, the great cold-blooded reptiles ruled supreme on the face of this earth, but they sickened and died, and dominion was seized by savage, ferocious, hot-blooded killers with hideous fangs and terrible claws. Today, the undisputed lord and master of the planet is man. Yet, in the fullness of time, every victor is finally vanquished. Will we, in our turn, also be conquered? Who waits to make of us what we have made of the animals? Jean? Yes, Monsieur de Mauvison? Do you want to save the world? I... Save the world, did you say? Yes, save the world, save the people, save every human being on the face of the earth. Uh, well, sir, if I could be sure... Look out. Look out toward the harbor. There, at the pier. Do you see that ship? The white, three-masted schooner? Yes, sir. You and I, we have to blow it up. But... It is such a beautiful ship. Beautiful and deadly. Deadly enough all by itself to enslave the entire human race. Our mystery drama, The Horla, was especially adapted from a story by Guy de Maupassant for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Paul Hecht. It is sponsored in part by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Hi, son. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, Junior. Kellogg's Special K presents... Junior. Right. <laughs> right, indeed. Start your balanced breakfast with Kellogg's Special K. It's nutritious and delicious. Right, Dad. That's why I support USO, and you should too. USO makes a man feel closer to home while he's serving his country for you. Isn't money the least you can give? Please support USO. His name was Guy de Maupassant. He was probably the greatest writer of short stories who ever lived. He died in the year 1893. He died young. He died insane. And if you read the stories he wrote toward the close of his life, the critics tell us, you can see how his madness slowly destroyed him. That's how they look at it. He himself insisted he was being possessed. His mind and all of his vital forces were being drained from him by a mysterious, supernatural, and superior being. He called it the Horla. And the Horla is one of the last stories he ever wrote. Is the Horla merely the raving of a man going mad, or is it an inspired prophecy of a fate that awaits us all? You decide. 
Dupree. Yes, yes, what is it? I have been pressing the bell signal, Doctor. It means you must pick up the telephone. Oh, that confounded diabolical contraption. Oh, please, Dr. Yes. Cartier, it's Monsieur de Maupassant. De Maupassant? Who is he? The nervous one. He was here the other day. Oh, that one, the writer. Uh, tell him, uh, tell him I'm busy with a patient. I did, but he insists on talking. Ah, the combination of de Maupassant and the telephone. Uh... Just speak into it. Doctor. Yeah, the telephone. Hello. This is Dr. Cartier. Doctor, you must come to see me. You must come here at once. Hey, please, monsieur, calm yourself. If I knew how to calm myself, I wouldn't need you. You must come here. Monsieur, be reasonable. I would like to be. I'd give everything I own if I could be reasonable, if I could only be reasonable, but it won't let me leave. What won't let you leave? It, it. The what? Uh, Monsieur de Maupassant. Monsieur, speak up. What happened? You may put on your shirt, Monsieur de Maupassant. Ah, lovely place you have here. Breathtaking view of the harbor. What's wrong with me, doctor? Oh, nothing. Then why do I... You see, that's a handsome ship out there, huh? That sparkling white three-masted schooner? Something must be wrong. Where's she from, I wonder? Oh, Brazil, I think. Doctor, why won't you tell me what's wrong with me? I told you, nothing. You have a mild nervous upset. Your nerves are highly strung. Your pulse is rapid. Your eyes dilated. And what do you advise? A course of shower baths. Cool shower baths. Two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the evening. And uh, send down to the chemist for some bromide of potassium. You haven't listened. I listened. I heard every word. Now, you go to sleep. Yes. You slumber deeply for two, three hours, correct? Yes, yes. Then a nightmare lays hold of you, true? Yes, exactly. You feel someone is in the room with you, in the dark room. Someone is in the room. Am I stating the facts? Exactly. This someone or something is staring at you? Yes. I, I can't see it, but I know it's there. I know it's staring at me. And then it comes closer and closer to me. I feel it, I feel it touching me. A cold, terrifying touch. And then I hear a sound, a low, vibrating sound. It's nothing human, nothing animal, nothing mechanical. And then, then I feel a weight, as if something kneels on my chest. A pressure, a terrible pressure. My neck, my neck is being squeezed and squeezed as something seems to be draining the breath from my body. Not only the breath, but my strength. Everything is being drawn from me. I want to struggle, but I can't move. I want to shout for help, but I can't utter a word. I try to fight, to resist, but I'm paralyzed and powerless. And then suddenly, I awake, bathed in perspiration, trembling. And then, exhausted, I fall asleep and slumber restlessly till morning. Yes. Yes, I heard. Well, 
What have you to say about this mysterious creature? He exists in your imagination. Are you sure? Try the treatment. Then call me in a few days. No, doctor. No, you must give me an answer for the Horla. The Horla? This creature, this being, this, this whatever it is. Monsieur uh, de Maupassant, I understand you're a writer. Is that so? Yes. Now then, do I tell you how to write stories? Do I? No. Then don't tell me how to practice medicine. Fish, fresh fish, fresh mullet, mackerel, bass, flounder, fresh and sweet as a faithful wife. Good morning, Madame Bossard. Oh, oh it's you, Monsieur de Maupassant. Ah, I hear you have been ill. It's because you have not been eating enough fish. <laughs> I instructed my cook to buy some for dinner. Oh, yes. yes. She has been here. Uh, uh, monsieur, you promised to put me in a story. Well, perhaps I will. Oh. Tell me, Madame Mossa, have any interesting new ships come in? Ah, uh, now that is a good question. Yes, it is. And I would say, it's not what comes in that's interesting. It's what's uh, uh, not going out. If you get my drift, monsieur. No, I'm afraid I don't understand. The Brazilian. The Brazilian? The white three-master schooner at the end of the pier. Oh. Eh, you see? Oh, yes. Well, well, what about her? Oh, monsieur, she has been tied up here for three weeks. So? She hasn't unloaded a stick of cargo. Well, perhaps she's put in for repairs. She has not replaced so much as a rope. Supplies? Food? Water? Listen, monsieur de Maupassant. No one is allowed to go aboard her. Her crew has not been given so much as ten minutes of liberty. Strange, no? Every few days, her captain comes down to the dock to buy fresh fish, meat, uh, some fruits. And that's all we ever see of them. What does the captain say? Oh, not a word. He's a huge, surly ape of a fellow. He, he points to what he wants and pays. Comes in without a hello and, and leaves without a goodbye. Well... We seem to have a mystery. Uh, what is the name of the ship? The Horla. The what? The Horla. The, the Horla? But, but that's... that's. What is it, monsieur? The Horla. I, I thought... Y yes? I thought I had just made it up. <laughs> monsieur, what are you saying? Uh, are, you, are you sure? Are you positive that that's the name? The Horla? Well, walk down the pier. You'll see it. It's printed on the bow. Yes, yes, I, I think I, I will. Uh, well, uh, uh, good day, Madame Bossard. Good day, monsieur. The whole lot. It's, it's incredible. Ahoy! Ahoy there, aboard the Horla. Ahoy there. Anyone there? What do you want? Ah, you, you have a, a beautiful ship there, sailor. Listen, mister. Move on. All the other ships allow visitors. Captain's orders. Well, why... None of your business. Couldn't I ask you something, sailor? No. Uh, your name, the Horla, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. I mean, how did you come to choose? Come on, it? move. You've got no business here. This is a public pier. I, I have as much right to be here as you do. 
Perhaps more. Now, listen, mister. Please, for your own good, get out of here. Leave as fast as you can. Go away. Go away as far as you can before... Before what? Before the... Aha! No. No. Please. Please. Wait. I didn't say anything to him. Well, who are you talking to? No, 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 no. Please. Don't do that to me. Taylor, what is it? What is it? Taylor! Monsieur de Maupassant, monsieur. Oh, oh, what is it? Are, are, are you are you all right? No, no I'm not all right. Oh, I, I thought as much. I, I saw you from my shop. You've just been standing here, standing still without moving a muscle for. Oh, monsieur, it must be every bit of three hours. The ship. The ship. What about the ship? Oh. Hmm. My head, I, I feel so weak. Oh, take my arms, you... Ship. No, I must go aboard that ship. Listen. You hear that? Uh, what, monsieur? That sound, that sound. It comes from the ship. Oh, I am sorry, but I, I hear nothing. Nothing? Oh, I hear uh, seagulls, waves... Oh, and now, come, monsieur, it's thunder, a storm. I must go aboard that ship. But they won't let you. The ship. Oh, come, come quickly, monsieur. You'll catch your death. The ship. The ship. Oh, hurry, monsieur. How did I know? Answer me that. How did I know? How did you know what? The name of the ship. How did I know that name? The Horla. How indeed. And as long as we're asking questions, here's a couple to keep the cauldron boiling. Who, or should we say what, is aboard the Horla? Or uh, perhaps the most strategic question of all. What does the name Horla mean? I'll be back shortly with Act Two. Who knows how to help you solve your shopping problems? The Better Business Bureau knows. I swear I never saw so many mattresses in one store in my life. I just don't know what to look for. I'm so confused. I'm here to take care of your confusion, madam. You know, you could start by reading the labels on the mattresses. Oh, sir, who are you? I'm the man from the Better Business Bureau. You know, by law, every mattress must carry a label listing the materials used in the mattress. And don't forget, madam, that there's a new law that all mattresses must now be flame-resistant. Oh, thank you, sir. And be sure to read the guarantee and find out what it covers and for how long. Just another consumer tip from your Better Business Bureau. In 1919, someone had a big idea. Let's help youth understand big business by starting them in small businesses of their own. And Junior Achievement was born. Each group elected a board of directors, chose a product, set up a production line, sold stock, and went into business. That year, 314 students made and sold products and learned the business of business. <laughs> 
Today, Junior Achievement has grown to nearly 200,000 members. Junior Achievers are designing and marketing their own products and services, from cutting boards to printing. They're organizing sales efforts, writing marketing plans, calculating profit and loss. Running these small businesses helps Junior Achievers understand how big business works. Support Junior Achievement, where youth learns the business of business. Call your local Junior Achievement office. Guy de Maupassant is writing a story about a mysterious force which he calls the Horla, a force that drains the life and strength from his hero. Now he discovers that a mysterious ship that lies in the harbor is also called the Horla. Hello? I must see Dr. Cartier. Oh, it's you again, Monsieur de Maupassant. I told you I would have him call the moment he returns. Mademoiselle, I must see him at once. But he is not here. How do I know that? Oh, excuse me, I, 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 I'm in my room, my bedroom, and at any moment I, I'll fall asleep. I'm, I'm so tired. Well, sleep, monsieur, by all means. Sleep would be the best thing for you. No, no not this kind of sleep. The Horla will come to me again tonight. I know it, I know it. But all I can do is, is tell the doctor. Tell him I need him urgently. Yes, monsieur de Maupassant, yes. Who's there? Who? Who is that? Who's there? Monsieur de Montbesson? Oh, it's you, Jean-Baptiste. And who else might it be? Uh, please, please come in. My lady's finished in the kitchen, and I'm finished too, with the paint job. Just in time, just before dark. Oh, you didn't have to hurry. Well, get it over with, that's my motto. You thought your house was white before? You should see it now. Please, Jean, sit down. Yes, monsieur. Jean, I have a job for you. Doing what? Doing just what you're doing now. But uh, I'm not doing anything. Oh, yes. Yes, you are. You're sitting there. That's the job? That's the job. And I'm just supposed to... Sit here? Well, you could talk to me. About what? About anything that comes into your head. You may also have to serve as my bodyguard. Bodyguard? Someone may try to break in while I'm asleep. <laughs> I'm your man. I served each in the chasseurs, the chasseurs d'Afrique. The tourist outfit in the army. Oh, is that so? Well, tell me about it. Well, we were the only ones who could hold the ground at uh, Sedan. And, uh, are you... Really interested? Oh, yes, yes, please. Tell me, tell me everything. Tell me the story of your life. And so we advanced against the Prussian left Frank, and we... We... Uh... Jean, go on, Jean, don't stop. Talk to me. If you fall asleep... I'll fall asleep. Jean, please talk to me. Don't let me sleep. Oh, I'm so tired, but don't let me sleep. Don't let me fall. Oh. <laughs> 
Why? Catch it! Catch it! Monsieur de Hold it! Hold it! What is it? Kill it! Kill it! Wake up! Get it off me! Kill it! Kill it! Kill what, monsieur? The Hola! The Hola! Wake up, monsieur! Please, wake up! I am awake! Can't you see? Can't you see? I'm awake. Rest, monsieur. Relax. Where is it? Where did it go? There is nothing here. Somebody was in this... There was no one in here except you and me. It was here. It was... Impossible, monsieur. It's impossible. You didn't hear it? A terrible sound? Monsieur de Montpassant, I heard nothing. I saw nothing. There was nothing. Oh, no. No, you're wrong. It was here. Uh, the window... As you can see, still locked from the inside. The door still barred. From the inside, nothing human could have gotten in or out. Who says it's human? Uh, are you saying that something less than human may be coming in and out of here at night? It may be more than human. In that case, monsieur, I resign from the job. No, no, no. I'll raise the pay. You cannot raise it high enough. There isn't... That much money in the whole world. Dr. Cartier, I thought you'd never get here. You allow us no peace in the office. You ring that infernal telephone without mercy. The shower baths, the bromides, nothing works. You insist you still have this visitor? I know I do. He was here last night. He overpowers you? Yes. He makes this awful sound. Yes. He drains all your strength. Yes, exactly as I told you. Your handyman, Jean-Baptiste, stopped my carriage as I drove up. He spent the night in this room with you, I understand. Yes, that's right. While this, uh, this... Uh, Horla. Uh, this Horla attacked you. He heard nothing. He saw nothing. Well? Well, what? Come, monsieur... Admit, this is all a nightmare. But it was so real. It's always so real. But there was a witness. Is Jean-Baptiste reliable? Is he sane? I, I would say so, yes. Would he have any reason to lie? To embarrass you? No. Then, why do you insist on maintaining this ridiculous fiction of a, a Horla? Doctor, that name... That name, Orla, I thought I had made it up. That it was a creation of my own imagination. But it happens to be the name of that ship. What ship? You know, the one you asked me about last week. The white three-masted Brazilian schooner. I mean, where would I get that name? Why would that name pop into my head? That Brazilian ship is called the Orla? Prove it to yourself. Pick up that telescope. See her, out there at the pier. You can read her name. Ah, then that explains it. You had picked up your telescope one day to view the harbor. Without being aware of it, you might have read the name on her bow. I have never seen that name before in my life. Someone somehow placed it into my imagination. Monsieur de Maupassant, sit down. At once. Now I have coddled you long enough. You are one of the great writers of France. But you have reduced yourself to a terrified, trembling wretch. This will not do. 
I admit that I am terrified. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Yes, yes, you terrified. You have been terrified by the critics. Oh, that's a lie. I don't care for the opinions you of You are those... human. You care. I read what they write. You've lost your touch. Your best work is behind you. I am as good as I ever was. Better. Sometimes genius becomes too heavy a burden to bear. And so you construct this, this fable in order to have an excuse not to work anymore, not to be judged anymore. That's not true. But the fact is, you're not writing. I am writing. What are you writing? I, I'm writing a story. A story called The Horla. That's not a story. It's an account of your nightmare. Well, I, I just don't know what else to do, Doctor. I do. Sit down at that writing desk. Pick up your pen. Create another Bellamy. Another Pierre and Jean. Another ball of fat. Doctor, it's not that simple. Make it simple. Remember, you're more than a great writer. You're a great French writer. <laughs> Hey, may I come in, monsieur? Oh, Jean-Baptiste, yes, of course. I see your honor is working. That's good, that's good. Yes, I feel wonderful this afternoon. The old lady wants to know if you'd like to come down for tea. Oh, no, I'm in the middle of things here. I'll work through till supper. Well, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just brought you the paper from Paris. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll see you later. I've got to put in the chrysanthemums. The old lady... Jean. Jean, listen. What is it, monsieur? You tell me. I can't tell you nothing. You don't hear anything? What? What am I supposed to hear? Just listen, Joe, listen. Uh, you're having that problem. The one you had last night. Yes, I, I, I'm afraid so. Well, you'd better see the doctor. I've just seen the doctor. Sure, please. Please, would you mind sitting here with me? I don't mind, as long as it's uh, the daytime. I, I just can't work anymore. I, I don't think I'll be able to concentrate. Well, why don't you take a little nap? No, no, I, I don't want to sleep. Jean! Jean! Huh? Oh, I, I must have... Jean, quickly, take this telescope. Go to the window. Uh, wh wh what for? Down at the pier. At the end of the pier, the three-masted schooner. Do you see her? Uh, yes, I see. Well, don't you see anyone standing on her deck? No. It's empty. All right, now keep looking. Why? Cover the gangplank. Uh, have you got it in focus? Uh, yes, monsieur. Now, if you see anyone, anyone at all, leaving that ship, follow him through the telescope and see where he goes, and let me know. Do you understand? I think so, but... Uh... But why? I don't why? think you would really want me to tell you. Now, just watch. And watch carefully. Wait, monsieur. Where are you going? I'm going to see Dr. Cartier. But how will I be able to tell you if anybody... Well, just call me on the telephone. The telephone? I... There's nothing to it. You just pick up the receiver, turn the handle, and ask the operator for Dr. Cartier. See here, de Maupassant. 
You simply can't barge into my surgery. I can if it's an emergency. I thought we had settled your problem this morning. Look, there is an article in the Paris newspaper, and I want to read it to you. I refuse to listen to anything that's in a Parisian paper. They're all filthy rags. Oh, come on, just listen to this article. I listen to nothing from Paris. It's a sewer of anarchy and atheism. This won't take a minute. Perhaps if you spent less time reading Parisian papers... Doctor, this time you sit down and listen. Now, the date is August the 19th. A curious piece of news comes to us from Rio de Janeiro. That's in Brazil. Yeah, I know that's in Brazil. Madness, an epidemic of madness, like that contagious madness which attacked Europe in the Middle Ages, is now raging in the province of San Paulo. The terrified inhabitants are leaving their houses. They say they're being pursued and possessed. Now, these are not my words, Doctor. I quote from this article. Mm, typical Parisian exaggeration. They only copied the story that arrived on the wire from Brazil. The people are quoted as saying that they are pursued and possessed, dominated as if they were human cattle by invisible, though tangible beings, like so many vampires which feed on their life while they're asleep. Now, what do you say, Doctor? South Americans are basically Spaniards, a highly romantic, unstable people. Oh. To continue, if I may, Professor Don Pedro Enriquez and several other medical experts have gone into the province to study this madness. Brazil. Dr. Brazil. The ship that you noticed in the harbor? She comes from Brazil. What of it? I say she brings this madness here with her. She has been tied up here the better part of a month. No one leaves her, no one visits her. She makes no repairs, she takes on no cargo. Now stop fighting me, think with me. Why is she here? What do you expect me to say? She is here to spread that madness, to capture our souls. Uh, very well. I'll stop fighting you. I'll start to think with you. Assume she is here on the errand you mentioned. Yes. Then why is there no panic in the town, as there was in Brazil? Well, perhaps the conditions aren't the same here. So far, again, for the sake of argument, only you have been attacked. Why? Why you? Perhaps this Horla, perhaps it's selective. Perhaps only I have what it wants. Yes, that could be possible. Or of course, it could be completely irrational. When I saw that ship sailing up the Seine, I thought... I thought she looked so pretty, so white. And this being, this, this Horla, it also saw me. And it saw my house, which was also a brilliant, sparkling, dazzling white, just like the color of its own ship. For that reason, it decided to take me. Monsieur de Maupassant, I recommend a journey for your health. No, thank you, Doctor. I am going to play this out. Listen, now listen to me. Does it matter if you're attacked by an outside force or by a weakness in your own body? The result is the same. Madness. Now, try a change of scene, of climate. Monsieur de Maupassant, the telephone for you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Monsieur, this is Jean-Baptiste. Hello? Yes, Jean. Is this really Monsieur de Maupassant? Yes, of course it is. What is it? It's the first time I ever spoke on the telephone, sir. Your voice sounds different somehow. Never mind that. What do you have to report? Uh, a man looks...
looks like a ship's officer. He just walked down the gangplank, you know, from the Brazilian. Where did he go? Into Madame Bonsard. Well, meet me there. I may need your help. Yes, sir. And bring a weapon. <laughs> Will the man of letters become the man of action? And how ironic it is that the epic struggle for the mind and the soul of not just one man, but perhaps all men, may take place in the small, crowded stall of a provincial fishmonger. I shall return shortly with Act Three. You don't see many people putting salt in their beer nowadays. Not that there's anything wrong with salt on radishes or french fries, but man, not in the king of beers. Truth is, the only thing salt can do for Budweiser is make it salty. An unwise thing to do to the only beer in America that's beechwood aged. Unsalted Budweiser has become the most popular beer in the world. That's because in brewing Bud, the Budweiser brewmaster goes all the way for a taste, a smoothness, a drinkability, you'll find in no other beer at any price. And something else you can take without a grain of salt. The fact that when you say Budweiser, you've said it all. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. We hope you're enjoying our new CBS Mystery Theater. It's another addition to our KIXI programming we're very proud of. We've made quite a few additions in the past year. For instance, we've added 1,000 people to our news team. People like Walter Cronkite, Dan Rather, Wynne Elliott, Douglas Edwards, Mike Wallace. Just six of the more than 1,000 CBS reporters who help make KIXI Seattle's number one news service. And in the morning, we provide the only 90-minute news service in the area. 7 to 8.30 each morning, Monday through Friday. The complete CBS News team, plus Seattle's best local coverage and up-to-the-second traffic reports. This is Dean Smith. Join me and Bob Little, Ken Stewart, Clarence McDaniels, Norm Bobrow, Gary Jeanette, plus Chet Huntley, Charles Osgood, and the CBS News team for Seattle's best news coverage. 90 minutes of news each day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 8.30 a.m. here on KIXI 91 a.m. 96 f.m. where the listeners are. A beautiful white sailing ship is docked in the harbor near the mouth of the Seine River. And a famous French writer claims she carries aboard her a mysterious force that intends to destroy the world. Only he can't be sure, and neither can we. Is this just a story he is writing, or a nightmare he is living? What, fancied or real, a confrontation with the ship's captain awaits us. Jean, here, here I am. Yes, monsieur. Are you armed? Yes, I have my old service revolver loaded and ready. Well, keep it out of sight. Your man is inside the store buying fish from the Bonsard. All right, come along. Follow me. Yes, monsieur. And you'll have some mullet. Very good. Oh, good afternoon, monsieur de Maupassant. I'll be with you as soon as I'm through with this customer. You know this, Jean? Yes. Is the mackerel. Huh? Look, he doesn't speak. Yes, yeah, he points to the fish he wants and holds up his fingers yes, for how many he'll take. Yes, sir. Look, customer. No, sir. 
Oh, very well. That will be 27 francs, monsieur. René will bring it out to your ship. Bon appétit. Uh, one moment. Captain, I'd like a word with you. Stand aside. My name is Guy de Maupassant. Stand aside. I would like to talk to you about your ship. I said stand aside. Not until we learn what's happening here. Stand aside. No, help me. Help me with this fellow. Help me. My head, my... My head. What's the matter, monsieur? René, get monsieur de Maupassant a glass of wine. Sure. Sure, why didn't you help me? Help you to do what, monsieur? To detain that man, to hold him here. But you didn't say anything. I kept waiting. I called on you for help. When? Just now. Madame Bosson, didn't you hear me? Oh, I didn't hear anything. But you saw me struggle with him? No, monsieur. I, I asked him to stop. I said I wanted to have a word with him, and then he pushed me away. I, I tried to hold him. I called on you for help. Oh, no, no. No. All right. All right, according to you, just what happened here? He finished buying whatever it was. He paid Madame Bonsard. She gave him his change and he walked out. Madame, is that true? Yes, yes. I was waiting for you to stop him. But as long as you didn't, I feared. Well, it's your concern. Yes, Jean-Baptiste. It is my concern. All mine. Good evening, de Maupassant. I didn't send for you, doctor. No, you didn't. But I received a visit from your handyman and the Bonsard woman. They fear for your sanity. I can't fault them in that regard. I fear for it, too. I want to help you. <laughs> what can you do? I tell you the problem and you dismiss it as an aberration. Uh, give it up. Give me up, doctor. I can't. Surely you've lost a patient or two in your career, Doctor. Oh, yes. Well, then, this should be no novelty. Why do you persist? Are you that fond of me? No. Actually, I dislike you heartily. Your ideas, your politics. But I am first a Frenchman and a patriot. Your writing brings honor to our country. You are one of our national resources. I must save you. How far would you be willing to go? I, I still don't know the problem. I told you the problem. I read you the dispatch from the Paris newspaper. Very well. This force, this thing, this... Horla. Why does it attack? Why? Perhaps the reign of man on this earth is over. Oh, what kind of nonsense is that? We'll get nowhere if you keep saying nonsense to me every time I open my mouth. Man did not always rule this planet. He didn't? No. We are but one of a series of rulers, according to evolution. Oh, evolution! What do you say, oh, do you quarrel with Darwin? Why, is it too much to suppose that, that we, in our turn, are being supplanted? By whom? It doesn't have to be a whom. It, it could also be a what. What kind of a what? A horla. And we are back where we started. Yes. A horla. I would accept a vampire, a physical, tangible, visible creature, but your horla cannot be seen. That's true. Then how can he do damage? He can seize control of the brain. Never. The brain is inside the skull. It is safe. It cannot be tampered with. The horla has always tampered with it. 
primitive man feared him, this, this unknown, unseen horror. The priests, magicians through the centuries have tried in vain to exorcise him, yet he has stolen into our minds, captured our thoughts. Mesmer, Mesmer, he understood this power, he could even demonstrate it, and Mesmer was a Frenchman. I regret to say he was also a charlatan. The mind, that part of it we don't know, that dynamic, unconscious portion, the part discovered by Freud. Who? Freud, Sigmund Freud of Vienna. Oh, an Austrian. A brilliant psychologist. Freud, Mesmer, others, they show us glimpses of this awful mental power. Some call it magnetism, suggestion, hypnotism. But only the Horla fully understands it, and he will use it to conquer. But why? Why did we conquer? Because our time had come. And I hear him. He keeps telling me he has come. My boy... Let us put you into a hospital for your own good. He'll follow me there. What do you suggest? Eventually, he will make of us what we have made of the horse, the ox. His beast of burden and his food just by the strength of his will. You need a complete rest, a change of scene. But you know, sometimes an animal turns on its master. Sometimes the slave rebels and kills the oppressor. And I know just the place to get away from the sea. Breathe some good, crisp mountain air. And so I'll kill this Horla. I'll have your servants back some clothes. And if I kill him, perhaps all of us will be safe for a while. Hello? Hello? Jean-Baptiste here. Hello, uh, this is Dr. Cartier. I called to make sure Monsieur de Maupassant is all right. Oh, he's all right, feeling fine. Ah, is he back for the journey? Yes, we are all set here. Uh, you say he's feeling fine. Uh, is he sleeping soundly? No, he's not sleeping at all. He felt so good he went out for a walk. You let him go out? Well, he said he felt so good. Where did he go? I guess he went to the harbor. We have to bring him home. Bring him home at once. Where do you think you're going? I'm coming aboard. What for? I'm delivering a special order of fish to the captain. All right. Go all the way out. What is it? What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Captain? What is your ship doing in this harbor? I'll have you thrown overboard. I'll keep coming back. Why are you here? Why? You know. You know why. Tell me. You know everything there is to tell. The ship is captured. It belongs to... To... To the Horla. Yes. It captured us in the harbor of Rio. It owes us. It owns every man on board. What is it doing here? Looking for captives. Looking for you. Why me? I don't know. It chooses its victims according to... to I don't know the reasons. Some are obvious. Us, we have a ship. It wanted a ship. But you, others, I don't know. I don't know why it wants you. The Horla. Where is it now? Here, in this cabin. With us? 
here now? Yes. Oh. What's it doing? Sometimes, like now, it sleeps. Other times. You better leave. Leave no. now while you can. No, Captain, let's fight it. You cannot fight let's, it. Let's kill it. You can't kill it. Kill it. And then we'll all be free. But how can we kill it? It's in here. Uh, it's asleep in here. Yes? Lock the door. Lock the door and destroy the ship. Destroy the ship? Burn it. I can't burn it. It's my ship. Not anymore. It belongs to the Horla. You belong to the Horla. I belong to the Horla. Let's be free. I cannot let you do it. I, I'm afraid. Let go. No. Let go. Let go. The floor. You knocked over the lamp. The floor is Look a out. higher. Let's get out of here. We'll be burned to death. <laughs> It's on fire! 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 fire. 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 is aboard her! Come on! Hey, Guy! Guy! Where are you? Monsieur de Maupassant, where are you? She's going to blow up! The whole ship is going up! Comfortable, monsieur? Yes. This is such a pleasant, restful ride. Uh, we will be at the sanitarium in time for dinner. You won't regret it. <laughs> you had a narrow escape last night. Yes. Yes, I know. Why did you go aboard that ship? Why? Yes, why? I told you. To strike a blow for freedom. To overthrow the slave master. To kill the oppressor. And, uh, did you? Did I what? Did you kill the Hola? Did you prevail? For just a moment. I thought I did. <laughs> but no. How can man prevail against the Horla? They say de Maupassant lost his mind. They also say, those whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad. Are there new gods? As we are absolute monarchs over the willing horse, the faithful dog, will someone soon force us to yield spirit, soul, and body to him? I'll be back shortly. The time has come for action. Birth defects are forever, unless a you help. A time to be born, a time the to The March die. of Dimes fights birth a defects. A time to heal. Through medical service programs, scientific research, a time to and public education. These are the times that try men's To protect souls. the bodies and minds of our children, today That's and tomorrow. That's why it's time for a change. So much to do. So little time. We must see to it that every child is born healthy, whole, Now is perfect. the time for all good men to come to, to the, the aid of the March of Dimes in its drive to prevent birth Make defense. time stand still. Wake up. It's later than you Remember, think. Remember, birth defects are forever. Unless you the help. The time has come for The time action. has come for action. Give to the March of Dimes.
down from the top of the evolutionary tree and we consider ourselves the highest, the noblest, and the best. But there can be someone ready to take over, someone more perfect. Maybe the only way we can survive is to beat this thing at its own game, improve ourselves, shape up, and also show up regularly for the next adventure in the macabre. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Bryna Rayburn, Robert Dryden, and Dan Ocko. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Now, a preview of our next tale. I'd say it was a crush. Girls like Emily don't have crushes. She was in love with you, and you know it. Admit it. What is this, an inquisition? I don't have to put up with it. Of course it. you don't, but don't try my patience either. I'm doing this for your good. For my good? Make it difficult for me and I'll wash my hands of the whole business. Why do you say for my good? If she fell in love with you of her own accord, well, that's a tragedy, but it's her tragedy. But if you made her fall in love with you, you're guilty of murder. Why? Because you knew it would kill her. The fact that you were only playing with her would kill her. The fact that you were only using her would kill her. All right, maybe I did leader to believe that I was in love with her. And it's murder in the first degree. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>